Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. How's it going, everybody? How are we doing today? Welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear Up Texas podcast. You all know who I am. There's no need for me to introduce myself, so let's go ahead and cut right to the chase. Well, Cowboys Nation certainly is ripping me a new one, aren't they? Based on what I said in the preview, how the Cowboys are very well on upset alert. And based on what we saw, well, shall we call it a false alarm? <laughs> I mean, first of all, I, 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 gotta, I gotta thank everybody. Everybody who watched the previous video, especially on YouTube because of the amount of views it got and some of the comments and everything. First of all, thank you to everybody who commented and thank you to everyone who kept it professional. I think a majority of those comments were from Jets fans. A lot, Well, now a lot of Jets fans really said, yeah, yeah, Alex, you're right. The Jets are certainly going to whip the Cowboys. Now, I did say the Jets had the chance of doing it, but still, we, we all get the point. It was certainly good to see, it was certainly good to get a couple of reactions from Jets fans. I mean, you know, everybody's welcome to comment on my channel. Everybody's welcome to be on my show on Cowboys Talk, whether you're an Eagles fan, Commanders fan. You know, anybody, everybody's allowed. We just got to keep it, basically, we got to keep it truthful. We got to keep it professional. But from time to time, we do tend to cross the line a little bit, but sometimes we just can't help ourselves. We just can't help ourselves now, can we? Excuse me. All right. So clearly, obviously, when I said that the Cowboys will be on upset alert, it's called a judgment call, okay? In my profession, in sports writing and in sports broadcasting, making these bold predictions, as some people like to call it, but in my case, it's more like a judgment call. It's part of our game. It's part of the deal. So, but listen, so now there's more questions being asked because we talk about New York's upset win over Buffalo. But we saw what Buffalo did to Las Vegas yesterday, didn't we? 38-10, to 10, I believe it was. Huh. I mean, not only that, but, you know, a lot, a lot of things going on. I mean, you know, how the, the, the Jets basically coming in with a well-equipped defense, you know, and that defense got humbly overwhelmed. I'll put it that way. Humbly overwhelmed. Now, as far as I know, or as far as I'm concerned, rather... There was one particular drive where the Jets made those two uh, roughing the passers, which one of them I feel may have been questionable. You know, on that one particular play where the Jets defense committed a pass interference and a roughing the passer both simultaneously. I mean, that's really what... I mean, the Cowboys got a major boost on that particular drive. And that was basically them responding from, from when on one play. On one play... Zach Wilson connected with Garrett Wilson on that 68-yard touchdown pass, which was actually a brilliant, and I do mean a brilliant play from the Jets' offense. That's what I was talking about. Zach Wilson may not be the best quarterback in the league, may not even be, even be close, but Zach Wilson was capable of such plays, and on that particular drive, he proved it. And the Jets scored on one play, and it was 68 yards. And when I saw that, I was like, well, here we go. Now we may have a game. That's probably why I said the Cowboys may be on upset alert because I felt that this would be the point where the Jets were really gonna, really gonna take off. No pun intended. Because <laughs> I felt that first that when the Cowboys scored on the opening drive and then on the on the Jets opening drive, how 
the Jets' offense just got completely flattened. And then the Cowboys basically not that they punted, but then they, they not long after that it was a ten nothing lead. So when after that when the Jets immediately cut that ten nothing lead to ten to seven, I was basically telling people around because I was still at work. I work at Twin Peaks as a bar back, and of course we had the game on. I was telling a, a lot of the uh, usual customers and my boss, along with several other managers who know what I do. I said to them, "Well, I guess we can say for now that the Jets' flight was a bit delayed." <laughs> You know, I, I just like to keep the positive vibe. I like to keep the, to keep the smiles on the faces. So I, I like to put a little bit of humor in my journalism. You know, it's it's like it's basically to keep positive because we all go through rough times in life. I know I have. I know I am rather. So you know, I like to keep it positive to the best of my ability. So, but look, at the end of the day, you know, and there were a few Jets fans at work, and you know, and and I said and I said to them, you know, I I I told them about all this, and you know, so. But then after that, I mean, it just didn't take long. I mean, it's unfortunate because the Jets were completely shut down in the second half. I mean, one of the talking points is, you know, I talked about Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook having the potential of, of, of inflicting serious damage on the running game towards the Cowboys' defense. But much to my surprise, both Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook were, were kept to less than 10 yards on the run. Zach Wilson was actually the one that led the uh, Jets' running game. I believe he had around, I would say around 40 to 50 yards, something like that. But, but man, you know, and because honestly, the Jet, the Cowboys' uh, rushing defense has been a problem, you know, for for a long time. So that's why I felt that the Jets' running game would take serious advantage of it, and that's why the Cowboys could have very well been on upset alert. Or at least that would have been one of the reasons. Because again, the Jets' defense, well, they came to this game, you know, better than they looked. But, but what we saw yesterday. Again, humbly overwhelmed. Humbly overwhelmed. Oh boy. So, so part of it. So basically, after around the around um right before halftime, I ended I ended up you know leaving work. So, so basically, you know, got home you know right 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 before that right before halftime came. So basically, you know, but I did saw you know see the first half. So I got to watch the entire second half. So, you know. This Cowboys offense, you know, I should say number one, it was certainly good to see the passing game actually improve. And I was actually surprised to see the numbers because, you know, again, the Jets secondary and the passing defense, again, looked better than it looked better than it looks. So, and it was not to be underestimated. But seeing, you know, Dak Prescott going 31 for 38, 255 yards and two touchdowns. That's a massive improvement from week one. Now, Tony Pollard, now, the running game, and it's actually interesting, the, the Cowboys' running game, man, 25 carries and 72 yards for Tony Pollard. I mean, that that's a little bit of cause for concern, but, you know, but at least it, it's just interesting how the Cowboys were able to basically rely more on the passing game rather than the running game in this one. But then again, it's because the Jets' defense just got completely more worn out. Because I was surprised that even late in the game, Dak Prescott was actually making some, they were actually still utilizing the passing game, but again, they were taking advantage, you know, of a worn-out defense, but then again, if the defense is that worn out, don't you just keep running the ball? I mean, I don't know, Mike McCarthy was calling the play, so we should, we should ask Mike McCarthy, right? <laughs> so, honestly, uh, so CeeDee Lamb, 11 catches for 143 yards, certainly love seeing that, and I'll never forget on one play, on, I think it was on a third and six, when Dak Prescott scrambled, I mean, that, <laughs> and that tackle, man, 
I'm just glad that he. I'm just glad he got back on his feet and he was okay. Now, I mean, he got back immediately. He he didn't show any signs of being hurt. So it's good to see Dak Prescott be able to take a a tough a big hit. So Dak Prescott, well, he's tougher. I, I guess you could say at times he's tougher than he looks, right? <laughs> so honestly, uh, I should mention that it's no surprise that Micah Parsons uh, obviously made the biggest impact. On the defense, this side of the football. I mean, two sacks, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. <laughs> now, everybody's arguing that the fumble recovery had... Because at first, he returned it to the house, but... It was actually, uh... It was actually decided that when he recovered the ball... and Because he, he was on the ground. He actually, like, he was sitting on the ground. And while he was, from what I understand, he was actually touched by a Jets player. So, basically, in that case, because he was down like like that, and then he was touched by a Jets player, that was ruled down by contact, which makes sense. I mean, yes, I would have loved it if the fumble return for a touchdown had counted because, you know, it was a great play. But you know what? The Cowboys, you know, forced the fumble, and they got, they got the ball. Now, unfortunately, on the, on, on the next offensive drive, the Cowboys did nothing with it. They just punted the ball by, right back, which is another talking point coming up. So, so it was good to see some turnovers being forced. No, three interceptions by Zach Wilson. Three. <laughs> I mean, Zach Wilson, 12 for 27. 170 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions. Man. And and seeing, man, you know, Dalvin Cook, you know, and Brees Hall, you know, each had eight carries and combined for 16 yards. I mean, both were kept less than 10 yards. I mean, again, I mean, that's just... I, I guess it seems to me that Robert, Robert Salah decided to abandon the running game, from what I understand. And it was actually, as far as Zach Wilson goes, it was actually, uh, he had five carries for 36 yards. So, I was a little off about uh, about 15 yards, but yeah. So, but still, I was right about Zach Wilson actually leading the rushing attack. So, now Garrett Wilson had two catches for 83 yards, and I think late in the game, he actually picked up a bit, picked up what appeared to have been an injury, so I hope he's okay. But... Let's see, you know, the, the Jets, you know, now looking at the, the Jets, um, now Solomon Thomas <clears throat> was able to get to Dak Prescott once, so, I mean, only one sack by the Jets' defense. I mean, the Cowboys' offensive line must be doing better than, than better than what I originally anticipated, so. So now looking a little bit at the stats from the Cowboys, especially on, on the defensive side of the ball, man. You know, and, and on that one play when, when the Jets scored that 68-yard run, uh, I, I, I believe it was Malik Hooker that was actually beaten on that play. I mean, because he, he missed the tackle, but still, I mean, but you know, regardless, I mean, Malik Hooker went on to to redeem himself because he was one of the three secondary players that intercepted a, a pass from Zach Wilson. The other two would be J. Ron Curtis, and of course, who else but Trayvon Diggs? Man, man, and I, 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 I gotta say, I mean, th this Cowboys defense. You know, we asked ourselves after Week One. Is the Cowboys' defense that damn good, or is the Giants' offense just that atrocious? Well, as I as I said, we'll we'll find out as the season progressive pro progresses. Excuse me, Jesus, I can't talk. And seeing how the Giants won on the road against Arizona, Daniel Jones actually looked significantly better. <laughs> so now, but still, because the Giants basically came back from a twenty to nothing lead. Okay. A twenty to nothing lead, and beat the Arizona Cardinals. Man, if I'm correct, 
the New York Giants outscored the Cardinals 31-8 to in the second half of that game. <laughs> and now seeing how the Jets' offense did last week and how the Jets were, you know, especially in this one, how the defense did in this one, so it's becoming a little bit more clear. The Cowboys' defense is very likely better than it looks. Now we still have to see how, as the season progresses, excuse me, Jesus, I just said it again, progresses, but... Because you know what we saw from the from these from these two games against the Giants and against the Jets. Again, now we got to ask ourselves: Can the Cowboys' defense do this against the 49ers? Can they can they do this against the Buffalo Bills? Can they do this against the Miami Dolphins, who are actually looking really really good right now? Can they do this against the Los Angeles Chargers, who have, who, who as much as I hate to say, because of Kellen Moore being the offensive coordinator, the Chargers' offense is actually is potentially dangerous. The bottom line is, can the Cowboys' defense do this against the good teams? Now, now a lot of members will, will argue that the Jets came in as a very good team and the Cowboys' defense humbled uh, them. So I'm like, okay. I mean, yeah. But let's be honest with you. Well, I should say, let's be honest here. If Aaron Rodgers had played, would we have seen this kind of result? Would the game have gone the way it did? I mean, I beg to differ. I think if Aaron Rodgers had played, huh, well, the tempo of the game certainly would have been different. I feel like the outcome certainly would have been different. So the Cowboys had a break, especially on defense. The Cowboys' defense did, did not have to deal with Aaron Rodgers. So, and they took advantage of it. But still, despite the fact that Aaron Rodgers was not playing, I still refuse to accept the fact that the Jets were just going to easily be defeated. Now, it seems like they were easily defeated in this one, but still... I mean, as I made my judgment call, I said the Jets are not to be underestimated because, let's keep in mind, coming to this game, the Jets had won the last three meetings against the Cowboys. Coming to this game, the last time the Cowboys had beaten the New York Jets was back in 2007 on Thanksgiving. I remember the game very well, when Dallas beat New York at home 34-3 back in 2007. So, yeah. I mean, that right there, I mean, what else more can I say? So, a couple of interesting facts is... The Cowboys scoring 70 points and allowing no more than 10 points so far through the first two games. They are the fifth team in NFL history, particularly the Super Bowl era, to score 70 points and allow no more than 10 points or fewer in the, in the, in the first two games of a season. So let me say it again. The Cowboys are the fifth team in the Super Bowl era to score 70 points and allow no more than 10 points in the first two games of a season. They join the 2019 New England Patriots. The 1970 Detroit Lions, the 1967 Raiders, and of course the 1966 Oilers. So it's good to see something like that. Huh. Whew, man. So a couple more interesting facts as well. Uh, you know, well I should mention um, a little bit of the offensive miscues that I saw, because it seems to me that the Cowboys settled for more field goals than than they should have, especially because the Cowboys. We're in positions to where they should have found the end zone. It's interesting that the Cowboys in the second half didn't even score a touchdown. Now, they put up points, of course, but of course with the defense being that good, maybe they didn't have to worry about scoring a touchdown, but still, squandering touchdown opportunities is not good in my book. You have to find the end zone at all costs. Okay, The more points you can score, the better. Now, I'm just thankful that kicker Brandon Aubrey was able to make all, all of, uh, five of his field goals. As a matter of fact, Brandon Aubrey making five field goals, 
That's the first time a Cowboys kicker has made five field goals in a game since 2013. Since Dan Bailey did it in 2013. So, he's, and as a matter of fact, Aubrey is actually the fourth, uh, the fourth, uh, the fourth rookie kicker in, in, in a franchise history to actually make uh, five field goals in a game. So, joining the likes of Dan Bailey, Roger Ruzek, and Richie Cunningham. So, this reminds me back, back at, on, Monday, on Monday Night Football in 2011 when Dallas was playing Washington, when Dallas won 18-16, to and every point made was basically when Dan Bailey made six field goals in that game. So, yeah, good times, right? So, and I'm going to be honest, you know, seeing, you know, with Brandon Aubrey, I mean, I'm really liking what I see. I mean, at one point he made a 55-yard field goal, and he made it look easy. I'll be honest, he made it look easy. Huh. I mean, huh. I mean, as Tony Romo said, you know, in the broadcast, you know, you know, he mentions that this guy, the guy used, used to play, you know, soccer, or you can call it football, it's both. I mean, <laughs> this is love how Tony Romo <laughs> says, it's soccer, it's football, it's both. <laughs> Oh, it was so, it was so good. To, it was so good to see. You know, it's just so good to see Tony do do um, commentary. I mean, Tony Romo is just so good with commentary, man. If I could one day, one day call a football game with Tony Romo, that would be one of the greatest life achievements ever. I mean, the guy is good. Whether you like him or not, the guy is very very good at his job. So anyway, ah oh, man, you know, and one more thing, you know, and so. So now that I got a little bit of negativity of the of the offense, you know, squandering, you no know, scoring opportunities, but having to settle for field goals, here's actually something extremely interesting and extremely positive as it concerns Dak freaking Prescott. Dak Prescott completed his first 13 passes in this game. Okay, that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is a new career high for completions to start a game for Dak Prescott. Started off 13 straight completions to start the game. Wow. And especially against a respectable Jets defense that was coming into this game that was capable of really destroying the Cowboys' offense. Seems to me that Dak Prescott was the one doing a little bit of the of the, of the destroying, right? So again, I mean, as far as the as far as the Jets' defense goes, I mean, as far as the Jets go, I mean, the Jets' defense primarily humbly overwhelmed. That's all I can say. So, so the Dallas Cowboys improved to two and zero. They got Arizona this week, who's zero and two. Well. Even though Arizona squandered that 20 nothing lead, well, same thing in this one. The Cowboys could not underestimate the Jets, and the Cowboys si simply and honestly better not underestimate the Cardinals because, much like the Jets, the Arizona Cardinals have a reputation of giving the Cowboys a very hard time on the gridiron. So the Cowboys better be ready. They better be ready. Ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys Talk is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Please do me a favor. Hit the subscribe button, and please be sure that you hit the notification bell. That way, I know for sure that you're not going to be missing out on any exciting upcoming content. Thank you very, very much, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good one. God bless. I will see you all next time.